Hi everyone, how are you all? Are you good? Yeah, yeah? excellent. Um, I can't believe it, it's June. We are six months into the year. Where is the time going? It's going really quick, don't you think? Yeah, no, or is it going really slow for people? Oh, it's going quick for me. But just think, we've got six more months until it's Christmas. How about that? Who likes Christmas anyway? Does anyone? Yeah, yeah good. <laughs> okay, so we are still, and I say still in a positive way, on the series Revealed. And I really believe that God is wanting a close relationship with us. He is, he is just wanting to, to, to be really intimate with him. And um, I'm really excited about this series. And um, a few weeks back, Buck said to the team that, you know, he comes into the auditorium and he prays when he's here at work. And recently, God, you know, he heard God just say, I just long to be in communion with my people. He wants a relationship with us. And I just love that we're learning all these different names because he's revealing himself. And when you want to get intimate with someone, when you want to be known, you, you know, you reveal who you are. And this is what God is doing so I'm really excited by this. And so many great things are happening in church as well. And I was speaking to a friend of mine here, and she was saying, you know, I just don't want to miss out. I feel like something is happening in the church, and I just don't want to miss out. And I said, it's not about an event. It's not about, you know, being at a worship um, night or being at a really good service. It's about what happens in your heart. It's when you meet God, when you meet Jesus, that is when something amazing is going to happen. So, before I go into the name that I'm going to talk about today, I just want us to spend a bit of time just thinking about God and how great he is, how wonderful, how amazing God is. Now, some of us are still, you know, trying to work out what we believe. We might be visitors. And if that's you, I just want to invite you to just ask God, just say, God, make yourself known to me, make yourself real to me, reveal yourself to me. And you don't even have to say that out loud, you can just say it in your heads, because he can hear you, that's how amazing he is. But for those of you who do believe, I want you to just spend a bit of time right now to align yourself in the truth that God is the greatest thing. He is the most, he is awesome, he is king of king, he is kings, he is lord of lords. And he is, you know, mighty and powerful. He's Elohim. He's Jehovah. He is I am. He's right now. He's, there's nothing before him. There was, is, there's nothing going to be after him. And I just want you to spend some time just thinking about that because it is so easy to put other things before God. It's so easy to put our problems before God. We just think about our circumstance. Or it's so easy to put somebody else before God. We may want someone to love us or to affirm us, and we think that is more important than God. But the thing is, God, he will affirm you. He absolutely loves you. You are made whole by him, not by another person. So let's just spend a bit of time just, just, just thinking about how God is, how he's the greatest. He is the king. He's sovereign. I'm just going to say a prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. Thank you so much that you are the King of Kings, that you are mighty and powerful. There is nothing before you. You are the greatest thing. You are the creator. 
And please forgive us where we put other things before you. I just pray that you will just help us with our unbelief. Please, can you increase our faith in you? Thank you so much. And please show us and reveal to us what you want us to know in this talk today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So today, the, um, the name I'm looking at is Abba. And I'm not talking about the band. I'm talking about a name given to God. Now, Abba is an Aramaic word for father used by Jesus because he spoke Aramaic. And Paul to address God in a relation of personal intimacy. So I guess you could say it's a bit like dad. That's not the literal translation, but it's like dad or daddy. And this is mentioned three times in the New Testament. The first time is with Jesus, and the second time is in Romans and Galatians. So the first time when Jesus uses this word, or it's documented that he uses the words, it's found in Mark chapter 14, verse 32 to 42. And this is in Gethsemane when he calls out and he calls his father Abba. Now, for those of you who don't know about Gethsemane, it's a place with lots of trees, like an, um, a garden, and um, it was, it's suggested that it is just before the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. And it also suggested that he, Jesus used to go there often with the disciples. So when Judas um, betrayed him, he knew where he was. So anyway, Jesus goes with all of his, his disciples apart from Judas, and he leaves most of them at the front of Gethsemane, and he goes inside with Peter, James, and John. He was a lot closer to them, and he's walking with them, and he tells them that he's feeling quite distressed to the point of death. Now, Jesus was hours away from being crucified. He was about to take on the sin of the world. He was going to take on everyone's sin, past, present, future, the whole world. My sin, your sin, every murder, every lie, every rape, every abuse, everything, every sin, he was about to pay the price for it. Now, most of us, when we read the news, when we watch the news on TV, when we see things in our own lives or other people's lives, when we see how sin is destroying lives and it's destroying families and tearing people apart, it normally gets us down, you know? Anyone, like, you just watch the news and you just think, oh, man, oh, and you should feel really sad. Now, here Jesus was about to take on every sin, and commentaries suggest that he was starting to feel the weight of sin because he was about to pay the price for everybody's sin. And he was starting to feel quite distressed about it. Also, he knew he was about to go through a crucifixion as well. And so he then walks on further. He leaves Peter, James, and John, and he goes to talk to who he's closest the most, which is his father. And then he says, he just goes onto his knees, and he just cries out, Abba, Father, I know Everything is possible. He, he knew that his father is God. He could do anything. He could click his fingers and all of this could end. He said, everything is possible for you. I, I want this cup away from me. I don't want to do this, but I want your will. I want your will more than mine. And you know what? I love the way how Jesus prayed because he was honest. He said he didn't even want to do this. And some of us need to get really honest with God about certain things. 
we may be dealing with some issues and we're like saying, we're praying to God and we're thinking that we're saying, you know, the things he wants to hear. Well, we need to just say how it is. We might be battling with sin in a certain way and it's like we just got to say, God, help me because I like it so much. I can't help doing this and I just know I need to stop, but I need help. Because when you're honest, that's when there's a breakthrough. That's where you can be intimate with God. That's where when you identify the problem, that's where something can happen. So we can, we can be honest with God. Now, obviously, Jesus didn't sin. He was just saying that he wished that this cup was um, removed from him, that he didn't have the hand that was dealt for him. But he wanted God's will more than his own. He then goes to Peter, James, and John, and they're like, oh, asleep. And he's like, wake up, wake up. And they wake up and their eyes are really heavy and they just kind of don't really know. You know, like when someone makes you up like in two in the morning and you just sort of don't really know what they're saying. And he says, look, please watch and pray, watch and pray for me. And he goes back, he goes onto his knees and he cries out again, Abba, Father. And he says the same thing. I know all is possible for you. Please take this cup from me. But you know what? I want your will, not mine. He goes back to Peter, James, and John, and they're still asleep. I said, wake up. You know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so he goes back again, and he prays to his father, calling him, crying out, Abba. And when he finishes, that's when he gets arrested. Jesus betrayed him and he gets arrested and then that eventually leads to his crucifixion where he pays for the sin of the world. And so then we look at Romans, Romans 8, 15. It says, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. I'm going to look at Galatians 4, 4 to 6. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship because you are his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. Now, if you don't quite understand what that means, is that we were under the law, and the law is the penalty of sin is death. But the thing is, we couldn't keep that law. We couldn't help but sin, so we were kind of doomed. But Jesus, who was 100% God, 100% man, born into this world so that he was under the law, became the law. He didn't even sin, but he took on all the sin so that the penalty for sin is death. He died so that we didn't have to. And so then we, when we accept, him as, accept Jesus as our savior, then he lives in us. His Holy Spirit lives in us. And because Jesus is the son and he's living in us, we are also sons and daughters of God. We have that direct access to call God Father. We can actually call him Abba Father, the same spirit that cried out Abba because he had that close, intimate relationship. We can do the same. Now, if you don't quite understand that, I'm going to um, put it in another picture. But at the beginning of this talk, I said that I really believe that God is wanting a super tight relationship. He wants to be really intimate with us. And some of us here are just 
hanging around the edge, thinking that's probably as best as it can get. But there is so much more for you. There is so much more. Imagine if God had like an office, you know, he had this building, and he had his own personal room, and he's inviting you to come in there and fellowship with him, but you're just hanging out in the lobby. You're just hanging out in, you know, outside of it, and he's inviting you to come in. Now, I've mentioned this story before, and I... I'm going to say it to you because I, I think it's quite fitting for this talk. But about 12 years ago, I worked for Richard Branson. I worked at his head office, his personal office called Virgin Management. And at Virgin Management, this is where he's based. It's where his four um, PAs are based as well. And um, it's a place where you can write to him. If you've got a really good idea to save the planet, he will invest in you and so that you can write to him at this place. Um, it's also um, the place where Virgin Galactic, because you know, an airline is not enough for him, he wants to go out in space. That is actually based at this head office. And so I was just temping there, I was working as a receptionist for a few weeks. And just being in that environment, there was just so many perks because, you know, Richard Branson's really cool and everything, and he had all these amazing things for the people who worked there. So if you worked at this head office, you got at least four free flights a year. You, all the food there was free. His um, sister-in-law and her husband, they cooked the food, and you could just help yourself to food, drink, whatever. It was all free. Um, they had free... They had bowls of free things. They had, you know, free sweets, like big, massive bowls of sweets. You'll see, like, like on the stairs as you walk up, they've got, like, big bowls of, con like, free, free condoms. I, I mean, I don't know why anyone would, you know, maybe just need to pick one out while they're working or something like that. But they had so many free things. They even had, like, free fitness classes. They had free parties every Friday, lots of alcohol, all that. It was just free. They had all these benefits because you worked in his personal office. And it's a bit like church in the sense that we are just hanging at church. There is so much more than just being at church and just listening to the talk and, you know, listening to the worship and being around nice people. And a lot of people are just doing that. They think that's all that is there for them. But there is so much more. God is inviting you to be close to him. And we're just hanging, thinking this is all it is, just being at church, sitting and hearing a good talk, listening to worship, and then we go home with our lives. There is so much more. And so when I was working there, I was told that, you know, Richard Branson does often pop in. And I never saw him there when I was, was there. But I always thought, oh, wow, you know, supposing I get to see him. And some of us are like that at church. We're thinking, you know, if we come to church, that maybe we might experience God. You know, that one time is going to happen. But there is so much more. And sometimes when you see people of power and influence, you just want a little bit of their time. And they might say, do you know what? I will give you five minutes of my time. I was speaking to Mark the other day, and he met somebody of influence. And this person said, do you know what? I will schedule you in in 2021. Yeah, but you don't have to do that with God. You can have him right now. And you don't have to have five minutes. He is right here, right now. He wants to spend time with you. And when you meet somebody of influence, and they're going to give you five minutes, you feel that you need to just, you know, make sure you impress them so much that that five minutes, you just give it all you can 
so that they will want to, I don't know, invest in you or do something in you, with you. And so uh, many people are thinking, right, you know, I've got five minutes with this important person and I need to just make sure that I just do everything I need to do. Again, we don't have to do that with God. We don't have to say the right thing to impress him. We can say the most simple prayer and he will hear it. And there's power in the most simplest prayer. He is right here. You don't just have five minutes. He is omnipresent, which means he's with you, but he's completely with somebody else all over the world. And you can be in his presence. You don't have to say anything fancy. You can say the simplest thing and you can just hang out with him for hours, for days, all the time. He wants that. He wants that relationship with you. And so when I was there, one day, Richard Branson's son came in. I, in fact, I didn't even see him come through the doors. I just saw him come from somewhere. I don't know where, what, where he was hiding. But I was told that a taxi was going to pick him up. So he was just waiting in the lobby with me. And it was just the two of us. We didn't talk at all. But I was talking to him in my head. <laughs> and so he was just sitting there doing something. And I literally was just sort of trying not to look at him. But I was just going... You're Richard Branson's son. You are Richard Branson's son. You are the son of Richard Branson. And I'm just thinking, you are so, like, there's so much for you. Your dad has so much money. Your dad has so much power. He's so influential. You can do whatever you want. If you want a house in every country, he could probably buy it for you. If you have a business, he can sort you out. He can hook you up. He can probably call a few people and you can speak to anyone in the world of influence because your dad is Richard Branson. And I was thinking, the world is your oyster. Like, literally, you could go to New York tomorrow afternoon just for a couple of hours. And then you can come back again because your dad, you know, you could just jump on one of his planes. And I was just thinking, wow, your dad has an island. Because, you know, I had, you know, Necker on speed dial. I just had to press it and speak to someone there. I was thinking, your dad owns an island. And I was just thinking of all these amazing things that he was Richard Branson's son, and the more I was just thinking it, I was just thinking, wow, look at me, I'm just a receptionist, you know, and you're Richard Branson's son. And then I kept silent for a moment, and then I just said in my head, your dad owns planes. Your dad owns planes. I was just thinking, his dad owns planes. And then I heard God say to me, yeah, but Denise, his dad may own planes, but your heavenly father, I own the universe. In fact... Your heavenly father, Denise, owns the sky. His dad's planes have to fly on. In fact, your heavenly father, Denise, gives his dad life. He has the power to take it away and to give it. So stop thinking that his dad is so amazing because your heavenly father is so much bigger. And as I said to you at the very beginning, that we just need to just align ourselves with the truth that God is sovereign. There is nobody more powerful than him. There's no one more powerful. He is the beginning. He is the end. He stands out of time. He's the creator. He's created so much more than what we even know. He is just the biggest thing that we can't even comprehend. And he wants us to call him dad. He wants us to call him dad. And just going back to Richard Branson, because sometimes, it's, you know, you can just think about that. Imagine if Richard Branson said, okay, I've got two children. I've got two children, and you know what? They're going to inherit everything that I have. 
But do you know what? And imagine him saying to you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna adopt you and everything they have, you've got it too. If you wanna spend time with me, if you want to talk to me, I will be available to you too because I'm going to adopt you. You don't have to call me Sir Richard Branson, you can call me dad. And that is the same thing and so much more with God. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we get to call the creator of the universe dad. We have access to him because we are his children. Now, some of you might be thinking that sounds all well and good, Denise. Yeah, that's really great that, you know, we can call God dad. But you know what? I don't even know what that word dad really means because I didn't really have a dad, you know? I had a man who was just literally a sperm donor, you know? He just, he just, he, he, he wasn't in my life. And maybe some of you have got, had your dad died, so you don't even remember even having him in your life. Maybe some of you had your dad in your life, but he was absolutely horrible. He was abusive and he was wicked. And to you, that word dad does not mean anything good. Maybe your dad was okay, but he just wasn't present. Or maybe he worked all the time, or he just didn't seem like he was interested in you. And so when you hear that God is your dad, it really doesn't mean much, because you can't even connect to that word with someone who you can see in the physical. How can you connect to God who you can't see as dad? How do you do that? Well, I'm here to help you see what the role of a dad is, and this is what God will do for you. So the first thing is that your heavenly father is responsible for you. Some of you may have felt that your dad just wiped his hands and walked away, but your heavenly father is responsible for you. In Deuteronomy 31 verse 8, it says, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Just to let you know that I'm going to read out a list of things. And in the first service, a few people came up to me saying, oh, could you just give me some more of the notes of it? This will be online, okay? Right, so the second one is he will and he wants to look after and take care of you. Isaiah 46 verse 4 to 5 says, even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. The third one, he will take the full weight of you. You are never too much for your heavenly father. For some of you, you may have kids and you will find that they invade your personal space. I see how my children are all over me. Like my, my daughter, she completely you know, puts her feet on my feet and sometimes it hurts. She's just, she's just not aware of it. But you know what? I would rather that than her not be near me. But the same thing we can do with God is that we can just be so close to him. He can take the full weight of us. And when I say the full way is some of us might think we've got issues we've got problems how is he gonna take me on but he will take everything about you he absolutely loves you you're not too crazy for him he can take it on board 
you can talk to him, you can talk about all sorts of stuff, and he's not going to go, okay, all right, okay, that's enough now. My husband, obviously, he's not my dad, but when sometimes when he comes home from work, I have not spoken to anyone all day, except for my, you know, my child, and I just want to talk to him, and he's just like, all right, Denise, okay, can you just give me some space? Give me, like, just, like, five minutes to myself, and can you just not be that close? Can you just give me a bit of space? Because I'm, like, right up in him going, la, 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 la. And so we can just... We can just invade God's space. We can just be in his presence. He can take the full weight of us. We're never too much for, for him. There is nothing that we are doing that will separate him, from, um, separate us from his love. Romans 8, 35 to 39 says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our wants about tomorrow. So that's why you can just talk to him about everything. He's, he's not going to be like, all right, that's enough now. Just talk. Tell him how you feel. Nor even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The next one is that you can always rest in your heavenly dad. Psalms 91, 1 to 2, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in, his, in the shadow of the Almighty. He's so powerful that his shadow is, you can rest in that. Obviously, he's saying, hey, come close to me. But he's so powerful that his shadow is just a place of rest. Um, in the Almighty, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. The next one is he will and wants to provide for you. He is called Jehovah Jireh. Mark did an amazing talk about God being Jehovah Jireh. The Lord is my provider. He will provide for you. He will provide for you. The next one is that your heavenly father wants to and will speak life into you, encourage you. <laughs> support you and raise you up. This is what a dad is meant to do. This is the role of a father, and this is what God will do for you. Your heavenly father wants to and will show you his ways. By teaching you, he will inspire you, and he will be your guide. He will show you how, what to do. Some of you may have never had a dad show you how to do things, but God will do that. He will teach you. He will speak to you. Some of you may be just thinking, I need a mentor. I need somebody who's amazing that can show me and teach me and inspire me. There is nothing wrong with that. But you know what? We have a mentor in God. We have a mentor in God. And while you're waiting for that human being to mentor you, you just go to God and always go to God. Let him be the biggest mentor that you will ever need. Recently, I have been asking God to show me what direction to do in certain things. And you know what? He's constantly telling me. I've been listening to lots of um, talks. I've been reading the word. And you know what? He's talking to me so much that I feel like I need like an afternoon to sit down and write down so much that he's saying. He is available to you to, to inspire you, to teach you, to show you his ways. And the next thing is your heavenly father wants and will spend time with you 
play with you. You might be thinking, how can God play with me? Well, you know what? The things you love doing, invite God into that. He wants to be a part of it. He wants to show up, watch you, be present with you always. Some of you have got kids and you enjoy watching your children do things they like. God is the same, even more so. And lastly, your heavenly father is excited for you. He champions you. He's interested in you. I want you to say to the person next to you, your father in heaven is interested in you. Say it. (laughs) That's it. He's interested in you. He is interested in you. And he celebrates you. Zephaniah 3 verse 17. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. He absolutely loves you. He's so excited about you. He can't take his eyes off you. He wants to be your dad. Now, I just want to spend some time. We're going to do some ministry. So if the band can come up, please, that would be amazing. So if you can come up, that would be great. And um, we just, we're all in different places, and I just think, well, let's spend some time and just asking God to, to, to be real and just, well, he is real, but to, to, you know, to show us that he's our dad, and let's just spend that time just connecting with him. But before I say that, I want to share something with you that I noticed yesterday when I was looking at my notes. I was looking at the fact that when Jesus, um, when he was arrested and he, um, Pilate went to just, you know, just see what was, why he needed to be crucified, he didn't see anything wrong with him. And at the time, it was Passover. And so it was custom that when it was Passover that a prisoner, one prisoner would be set free. And so Jesus is before the crowd, he's innocent. And there was another guy called Barabbas. And Barabbas was a violent man. He had murdered a few people, and he just, he, he didn't seem like a very nice man. And so here you've got Jesus, and you've got Barabbas. And so Pilate says to the crowd, who shall I, who sh- who shall I set free? And it should have been Jesus, but the Pharisees were just shouting out, going, crucify Jesus, set Barabbas free, set Barabbas free. They didn't realize that they were a part of prophecy. They didn't realize, because here, they wanted Jesus to be crucified. To be honest with you, I'm so glad that Jesus was. But they wanted innocent Jesus to be crucified, and they wanted to set Barabbas free because they thought Jesus was more dangerous than Barabbas. But you know what? When Jesus died on the cross, he set everyone free, and Barabbas' name, Bar-Abbas, means son of the Father. So here we've got Jesus who died on the cross for everyone's sin so that we can have access to the Father and that we can be called sons and daughters of the Father. So what I want you to do now, I want you to just stand up. But if you want to, if you want to get close to God and if you want to make it like a, you know, a, a, a do it like a physical, a physical declaration that, you know what, well, I want to be close to you. I want to just invite you to come up if you want to, just to come out of your seats and you can come up to the front. But if you feel more comfortable to just stand, that is absolutely fine. But if you just close your eyes and we're just going to try and do, just speak to God, let's just do some business with God. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. 
God is saying, I want a relationship with you. He is your dad. So Lord, thank you so much. Thank you that we can call you Abba. We can call you Father. We can call you Dad. We can call you Daddy. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you that it was so important to you to become our Abba Father. Thank you so much that Jesus went on the cross and took on everybody's sin just so we can call you Abba Father.